Welcome, welcome, welcome to Notes in the Net, a weekly tangential irreverent conversation that caters to the interests of liminal trickster mystics like you and like Jeff and Tiff, co-hosts of the Interviewing Aliens podcast, which sprung up from the AOD fandom that's awakening OD on demand. I'm not sure what the OD stands for. Maybe I should look it up before I continue the rest of this intro rant. Wow, I really cannot find this information anywhere. (laughs) I'm considering asking ChatGPT, but there's very little chance that I'll get a realistic or accurate answer uh, from the robot, so I'm not going to bother with that. We're going to assume that it's Awakening OD, uh, AOD, Awakening On Demand, Awakening Overdose, The important thing is that it's a podcast that has created a community that is one of the most welcoming and heartwarming and positive and inclusive and new agey places on the internet. This is a community of people who are devoted to uh, self-work, and you're going to understand that uh, when you listen to Jeff and Tiff on this episode. Uh, They are both uh, hyper-committed to the sorts of like shadow work, trauma work, death work, 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 work. Is that Protestant? I don't know. Uh, But it is uh, leading them down a path that I think is enviable uh, of, you know, beginning to have real-life in-person gatherings like the Hot Alien Summer Camp or or last year's Alien School Field Trip. Uh, They're working on opening a center for uh, retreats and things, and they're they're working on starting an intentional community. God, if that's not your goal in 2023 with the apocalypse knocking at the door, then you are probably not the kind of person who listens to this podcast. And that's totally cool. You don't have to love everything. But if you do listen to this podcast and you're not quite convinced that you're an alien, this is the episode to listen to. Jeff and Tiff are interviewing members of the Awakening OD community, uh, as represented on the Alien School Field Trips and Hot Alien Summer and the AOD Discord, which is available through Jessa Reed's Patreon. Uh, and they are uh, just wonderful people to talk to, and I'm, I'm looking forward to being on their show a little bit later uh, in the week potentially, or maybe next week. I'm not sure when it's going to release, but we're talking soon and I can't wait. Uh, This was just uh, one of the best conversations I've had for Nodes in the Net in a really long time. I felt like we we really were on the same page in terms of this crazy alien experience that we've beamed into in order to learn lessons and matriculate from the chrysalis of mere matter into the pure energy of being. And so this podcast, listening to this, is going to be step one. Well, I guess step zero is going to be listening to this short essay uh, that I wrote in praise of my friend JT, who has just become the newest Adeptus maker, has a right to a salary uh, that is distributed regularly that is equal across everyone who belongs to the Creek Mason Content Collective and, of course, has responsibilities for posting things and creating art on our behalf and in our ecosystem. 
and hopefully luring more liminal trickster mystics into the fold uh, so that we can all hang out and have a party and uh, be just best buds. <laughs> Isn't that the goal? Let's just be best buds. Uh, so let's read this essay from creekmasons.substack.com and then I'm going to launch in to this wonderful episode with the interviewing aliens team, Jeff and Tiff. That's right after this. Remember the other group of stoners I found at the Flintstone-style, rock-stacked creek furniture I tumbled together and christened the thrones? The ones who were passing around a foot-long bong? This other group of creek denizens were a vision in hippie. They were probably high school seniors like myself, but maybe college freshmen, I don't remember asking. One of the group was clad in a tie-dye crop top, another in one of those headshop-knit sweaters we used to call drug rugs. My memory is fuzzy for the other two, except they seemed equally beyond the social cast I cast myself into through overwhelming social anxiety. Ubiquitous self-consciousness that may or may not have been justified by, may or may not have engendered, a twitchy, needy, obnoxious personality. I told them I built the thrones. I don't think they believed me. Maybe out of nervousness, I made corny jokes about only sleeping an hour a night and sometimes speaking languages that no one recognized when I did. Tyler Durden-inspired rumors, intentionally, satirically self-mocking in their absurd self-aggrandizement. I was too high to be sure the jokes were landing or simply seeming desperate. I felt desperate. More recently, I found myself wandering into the creek again, moving a rock or two each time. When I discussed it on the Creek Mason's Initiates Discord, one mason observed that my evening meditating there was like a pilgrimage to our cult's first ever little holy site. The Tyler Durden thing was a phase. I don't want to be in charge of Project Mayhem anymore. Christ, I hope we're not becoming a cult. But I admit, there was Johnic Bliss available to me seated on the rocks that isn't always so accessible. There's often something special about a spot that people have poured their reverence into. It continues to be more than just me maintaining the thrones. Even through our grisly bomb cyclone rattled winter with torrents of rain and biblical floods throughout the state, the thrones still resemble chairs. Heartwarmingly, the specifics of the superficial architecture is unfamiliar, but the person-sized boulders comprising their foundations do remain the same. That night a dozen years ago, the familiar but blindingly cool hippies drove me to another of their favorite hangouts in our sprawling suburb. I had my best friend Will with me, the one whose butt I had invented creek masonry in order to seat. The six of us hopped a fence and smoked in an abandoned, half-constructed house on the hillside of the valley. What had been put together so far was L-shaped, nothing but one wall and a floor. Behind us stretched a concrete canvas carved into the hillside, covered with vibrant graffiti. The city's lights twinkled below us, a field of blazing stars I lost myself in with help from the pot. I asked the hippies if they ever moved rock in the creek themselves. When they said yes, I declared them creek masons. They were friendly, but seemed ready to part ways. I'm not sure they felt honored. More recent recruiting. The Creek Masons are a very different thing now than they were when I was 18. I had crazy visions back then of becoming an upstart Illuminati group. I felt dissatisfied with the limits imposed by my middle class upbringing and I wanted to be one of the Margaret Mead small group of dedicated friends who quote unquote changed the world or however the saying goes. It was always a little kayfabe, self-mockingly self-serious like pro wrestling. I think it's important to acknowledge that the ingredients for that kind of narcissistic cult leader energy are still inside me. 
without a loving eye kept on it via integration, I know my dominator shadow will be given free reign to direct my subconscious toward behaviors that actualize its harm. More tangible safeguards are important as well, however. The Creek Mason Content Collective is consciously designed and subject to constant self-scrutiny to prevent power from accruing that can become a temptation toward abuse. Wherever possible, we employ direct democracy to prevent any one of us from embodying the benevolent dictator archetype and leaving ourselves vulnerable to the inevitable corruption instigated by power. Wherever possible, decisions that affect all Creek Masons are determined by a vote available to all Creek Masons. For now, all members who have signed up to participate, eventually only members who have skin in the game, demonstrated by paying dues. But this is all decisions, budgeting, salary, infrastructure, membership. And with that said, I am honored, delighted, and mad pumped to announce the newest addition to the membership roles of full-fledged Adeptus makers, JT, the first follower. We borrowed JT's Discord role, first follower, from the classic TED Talk in which one crazy dancing concert goer, when joined by a trendsetter, inspires a whole lawn seating section rave. JT has agreed that he resembles the archetype of early adopter who turns a lone nut into a leader. He's essentially been the pilot audience for nearly every Creek Mason public creation. I can say with nearly absolute certainty that without his undying hype and brilliant vibe maintenance, it's entirely likely that I never would have emerged from my paranoia cocoon to begin to reclaim the name Creek Masons and begin to actually publish. He dealt with me sharing poems nearly daily when I was writing journaling in verse with several rough drafts of the mental appendage. His eyes were the first to slurp my early blog posts. He's the OG node in the net. The first 15 episodes of this podcast star him. And now he's the first Adeptus maker. I may have made some things, but without his cheerleading support and encouragement, they'd have stayed as notes on my phone, just as they had for the harrowing and lonely 10 years prior to meeting him. JT has pledged that follower mentality, perhaps better described as a natural inclination towards service, to the Creek Masons at a vital stage in our development. In my more manic moments, my cult leader shadow peeks from my inner cobwebby corners. All social media influencers, which, let's be honest, is a category to which public intellectuals can arguably belong, are essentially cult leaders. I have sometimes found myself tempted by the modestly swelling ranks of subs to consider myself a dom. Ew. But yes, to inflate my ego and believe that I'm somehow special, gifted and talented, more special than Mr. Rogers Cood, more special than the average person I might meet. But JT has kept me diligently grounded. Though he follows me into the heavens when I embark on my manic rants, he's wonderful at reminding me I still exist on earth. He uses careful, considerate, deliberate speech and an enduringly warm wokeness to help others feel spacious, comfortable, connected, and held in reverence. I am grateful for the honor of splitting Creek Mason Adeptus Maker's responsibility with JT, not just because he symbolically represents an earthly tether, 
not least because he'll be taking over most of the Creek Mason social media. I hate that shit. But because I know that he'll faithfully represent the interests and visions of this budding community. It feels like a palpable step toward right livelihood, toward becoming a working creative who belongs to and is uplifted by an egalitarian, anarchic, tight-knit, and vibey-as-fuck organization that enables its members to focus on the aspects of writing and publishing that they enjoy by making light work with many hands. So, introducing OG Node, indispensable first follower, newest adeptus maker, JT. Thanks for joining me, friend. If you want to congratulate JT, find the link on that creekmasons.substack.com blog post. Join our Discord. Tell him hi. He's a wonderful person. You're going to love him. You are also, though, going to love uh, Jeff and Tiff, who are up on the podcast this week. I'm sure I'll have JT on sometime soon. We're working on the scheduling. Uh, But welcome him on discord and welcome jeff and tiff right now for a wonderful illuminating enlightening soul educating episode of nodes in the net here we go Yes, greetings from uh, from other worlds, other dimensions. Uh, Jeff and Tiff of the Interviewing Aliens podcast, thank you so much for becoming nodes. I love it when I get two nodes for the price of one. Oh, we're happy to be in the net, absolutely. The honor yeah. is ours. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. You know, um, the like sort of podcast community that. Uh, has sprung up around artists like Duncan Trussell and uh, Jessa Reed. Obviously, that's where the the alien term comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's is really exciting. It's there's like a lot of people who are like just in the last three years who have started creating content, and uh, we're we're all kind of like connecting with each other and solidifying this this like nation subculture. Uh, that I'm I'm very excited and proud to be a part of. And and thank you for, uh, you know, contributing to that as well. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. And I, I love, I feel like a, a little mini celebrity with all of, you know, your podcast is incredible. I just want to soak it all up. So thanks for having us on. Yeah, yeah we've been fans you. of your, your podcast for a while. And <laughs> when, when uh, we heard that you guys were talking about the summer camp over on your server, um we got real excited and we heard that you wanted to be on our show we were like oh my gosh we felt like a little, <laughs> we had little celebrities it felt so cool <laughs> if you say that it'll go to my head don't, don't call me a celebrity. i think that the whole celebrity culture is just whack true yeah, yeah. you know we're taking like, back we're, the word we're taking it back that, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, it now officially means celebrating each other. Oh, celebrity. my God. 
That's amazing. Yeah, by that definition, we should all just be celebrities, right? Absolutely. 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 Celebrate all the aliens. Celebrate yeah. all the aliens. Yeah. So we got the page of wands for our uh, tarot draw for this episode over on the Creek Masons Discord. Perfect. Um, this, like, visually, it's the we used the bot that uh, one of the former guests on the show created, uh, and it pulls images from the Rider Waite Smith deck. So we've got the page of wands. He's kind of like holding a wand up, and I I would say like admiring it is he's almost like caressing it like he's got you know one hand the way you would on the back of like you know you're someone you're about to kiss like on the back of their neck mm. and then he's he's uh got i think it's the the uh giza pyramids in the background and there's a lot of like yellow in his clothing and yeah he's got a little feather in his cap I think, uh, you know, I'm going to look up the meaning of this card just to give us some keywords to go off of. But Tiff, I think you read tarot, don't you? Do you have any associations with the page? <laughs> it's, yeah, the page of wands to me is that the wand, the, the wand is your spiritual gift. And it's like the beginning of the wand journey in that, like, they are... They, they've got the, they've been given the wand by the ace and now they've got it in their hands and they don't mm. really know how to wield it yet. Um, but they're, you're becoming familiar with it. You're, you're, you know, integrating it into your, your, your magic. So it's kind of uh, starting off on the spiritual gifts journey. Uh, you may not even understand the whole value of this gift, but um, yeah, you're acknowledging and understanding that it's yours. Yeah, I love that. It's it, so the keywords that it came up with that I I use Biddy Tarot. They they've got inspiration, ideas, discovery, limitless potential, free spirit, uh, newly formed ideas, and then reversed like self limiting beliefs, uh, redirecting energy, and potentially a spiritual path. Which I I mean that sounds pretty spot on for yeah, <laughs> for yeah pretty much so. everything I wanted to talk about with y'all. Um, Perfect. <laughs> like uh, newly formed ideas. I mean, there's sort of two directions that we could take that, right? Like we could talk about, uh, you know, one of the questions Jessa likes to ask people on AOD is like, "What was your awakening experience?" And I'd love to, I'd love to hear that from both of you if you've, you know, got one that you can share. And then uh, the other, I mean, like newly formed ideas. Uh, Hot Alien Summer Camp is in its second year, and we've talked about like maybe kind of uh, hijacking it as a way for the Creek Masons to get <laughs> yes, together. Yes, please. So uh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to you. Wh- which of those Which of those choose your own adventure paths sounds more interesting? What page are we flipping to? I mean, I think I starting with our awakening journeys will will lead us into how summer camp became and and kind of where we are now. So that, that sounds Perfect. wonderful. <laughs> Jeff, do you want me to start or do you want to go ahead? Oh, sure. I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> Let's see. So back in 2016, um, I had an experience that, um, you know, due to some plant medicine and mm. it was really intense and I actually put me into a mental hospital for a short period of time. Mm. Um, and 
you know, what it did for me was it, it brought back all of these like intense regression or repressed memories that I had of my childhood. And, uh, it put me on this like five year journey of, uh, like self healing, healing and facing my shadow and, you know, learning to love who I am, Mm. um, you know, regardless of my, my fractured past and how I'm not my past, you know, I'm, I'm who I am right now. Um, and then, uh, around that same time, uh, I discovered Jessa Reed, uh, via her, um, meth piece story, um, for anybody who's familiar with that, uh, <laughs> and you know, I was just like, you know, this person's kooky. I dig their vibe. I did a little research into her, uh, found her, um, podcasts, uh, but then promptly like went right back to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, Oh, this is really interesting. And I'm feeling like really turned on by it, but no, instead I'm going to just keep wallowing in my misery, uh, which I did for a few more years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I, started uh, working with my psychiatrist to wean myself off of my uh, antidepressants. And I remembered what it was like to, you know, feel all these feelings again. And then I went out with some friends uh, on a trip to South Carolina. And while we were out there, um, I had another experience. And uh, along with that, Jessa came right back into my life via the uh, AOD podcast uh, she released. Um, and listening to that, I just like broke down tears. I was like, I resonate with this so much thing she's yeah. talking about, you know, the idea that, you know, we're living in a, uh, a matrix of sorts and, you know, all this can be, you know, manipulated. And, um, I booked some time with her for a like one-on-one session. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I've done that twice with her now. Uh, got the chance to, to talk to her. Um, and that led me to her community uh, via her Patreon. Um, and yeah, I've been, you know, wide, wide awake since, uh, growing, really excited about like community building and excited to be surrounded by people who like share these same beliefs that, you know, like I was kind of shamed for my whole life. Yeah. And here I am now. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. been a wild trip and I'm glad I'm here. That's wonderful that, you know, that my, my sort of journey has a similar pattern of like spiraling in and out of sleep. And, Mm. uh, and there's something about it. You're like peeling back layers of the onion, you know, you're getting deeper and deeper into woo territory (laughs) with with every spiral, you know, it's sort of, it's moving in three dimensions. It's not just a sine curve of like awake, asleep, awake, asleep. Mm -hmm. You actually are also making progress toward mm-hmm. some, uh, self-acceptance and, and hopefully community, uh, which is, yeah, like the, the Jessa Reed discord is absolutely one of the kindest, <laughs> most positive and like most welcoming places on the internet. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, for sure. Happy to share that space with you. What about you, Tiff? What, what's your, uh, what, how, how do you come to these parts? Well, it's funny. I'm I'm sitting here like looking at the page of wands card that I've got, and hindsight is twenty twenty, friend. I feel like I have been handed, you know, this wand, this these gifts, probably you know ten times throughout my life, mm-hmm. and just clear, it clear as day. Um, you know, I've I've had moments of awakening for probably the last, gosh, fifteen years or so. 
mm. you know, where I would, I, I felt this connection. I felt this um, need to learn and discover and heal my body and heal my trauma. And I would like sit here and play with this wand, this gift and, and try and make it into something. And I'm like, well, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. I'm going to do yeah. this with it. And, and nothing, it never fit right. It never, I just kept trying. I think I felt like I tried so hard and nothing was, you know, coming from it. So I just I'm kind of always went back to sleep or whatever, you know what I would call it. Just kind of fell off the, the train several times, you know, with drugs or alcohol or relationships mm. or, you know, just, you know, I, I was a workaholic and, um, you know, I just buried myself in that rather than feeling the feelings and finding the community and, you know, doing all those things. Um, you know, in 2019, I think when a, a lot of people started this process, especially in this group, um, I, you know, was going through a, some major emotional trauma and suddenly found myself just opening up and feeling all of these things and I found peace in amongst war in my own home in my own house in, in my own you know daily life and I found this incredible peace and um it was like warp speed I mean it was nothing like I'd ever experienced I you know almost admitted myself a few times because I thought I was just losing touch with reality but yeah you know it was just like I only wanted to be in the sun. I only like, I couldn't drink coffee anymore. I couldn't drink alcohol anymore. There was no more drugs. Like my body was just like, no, not anymore. Wake up woman, you know, get it together. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just, I was just flowing through trauma release and trauma healing like daily, every day, you know, just by being in my body and allowing those things to come and go and not getting stuck in them. And, um, you know, things got, incredible and beautiful and painful and miserable and you know it's it's not all love and light over here folks it is it is an equal balance of both and I made best friends with my demons and um I started finding myself wanting to find community and connection and I knew that I had to go through that that process alone first I knew I needed to be lonely and and find myself before I just spewed my trauma on anyone else you know Um, but I set, set the intention that I wanted to to find others like me and find the community and, uh, Jessa's podcast just kind of fell in my lap through, I think I was listening to Duncan Trussell and, you know, all of those, those Mm -hmm. incredible folks at the time. And I heard Jessa and like, it felt so grounding to hear her be like, no one's coming to save you. This is all you like everything, you know, like this, that, that just sticks with me. Like it's such a simple concept that I just needed to hear and she just grounds it in for you. It makes it so much more accessible and so much more um, easy for me to process and see. And I just binged every last episode of anything that she put out. And I was just like, okay, this means so much to me. I, I, I want whatever this is. I want more of it and found her on Patreon that let me write to the discord and like my life has never been the same. Like I, I wouldn't be where I am today without the people that I've met through that, that community. And um, there was a time when we were like, we were all so far away, you know, we were still talking all the time, but it was like, well, let's get together. I mean, let's go camping or something. And, you know, we're like, we're doing all this magic together. Imagine what it would be like in person. Just imagine. Yeah. And then, you know, it was like five or six of us. And then, more people found out and they wanted to come and more people found out and wanted to come. And I was like, Oh, well, I guess we're doing it, doing this thing. (laughs) 
And I called Jessa and I was like, hey, I uh, want your blessing. I want, I want to make sure it's okay with you. And like, I want to get some of your people together. And she was like, absolutely. This is so needed, right? So needed right now. Community is so necessary. And um, she's been so supportive of this whole process. So um, wherever you are, Jessa, I hope you know how much we love you. And we're so grateful for, for you. I, I know you're the hesitant guru, but you you brought us together. And I'm, I'm so so grateful for you. So you know, yeah. yep, we're two years in with uh, our meetups and, you know, we've, I've got to witness this incredible connections, you know, lifelong connections that people are making and experiences that people are having. And it's just like an absolute honor um, to wield this wand in this way. Now I found, I found my gift. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I, I love I, that uh, was so artistic to bring it back to the wand in, in your uh, your closing thoughts there. I, <laughs> I really appreciate that. The um, you know, the the thread that I kind of want to pull out of both of your responses uh, that I think is really interesting. And of course, like super relevant to this podcast, yeah, w- w- uh, which is, you know, called Nodes in the Net. It's named after Indra's Net, which is a, a Hindu concept. I believe that, uh, you know, all of reality, all beings are jewels in a, in an infinite net Mm. and each jewel is a reflection of every other jewel and each jewel is connected by the fibers of the net to every other jewel. And it's kind of a story of like inner being and we all like interact with each other, you know, whether we like it or not, we're dependent on each other. It's like Mm -hmm. sort of the reason that socialism is true. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or, or like, I guess the the proposition of socialism that value is created socially, you know, like mm-hmm. sure, yeah. the guy growing coffee beans in, you know, wherever I I wouldn't have the energy to talk to you guys today. <laughs> There's, you know, you know all that good stuff. totally intimately, intimately connected, but we're also these jewels. And one of the things that I really appreciate about, you know, I call it the liminal trickster mystic um, subculture that we all belong to. Mm. uh, You could also just call it aliens. That's a little short. (laughs) (laughs) Is is this, uh, you know, you both mentioned it in your responses to that question, this like polishing of the jewel and like making sure that each individual jewel, you know, each of us is responsible for ourselves and is doing the work, the shadow work, healing trauma. I know you, you've you uh, both just come from a death work class mm-hmm. uh, put on by a, another alien. Um, I think it's, it's really interesting to think about how that strengthening of the individual jewels in Indra's net strengthens the net in some. And there's this, this really interesting play between individual and community where mm-hmm. because of the trauma work and because of the shadow work the community like manifests itself it's like w- once you've once you've healed a little bit uh it it becomes so much more possible and rewarding and enjoyable uh, mm-hmm. to get around other people who are doing the same thing yeah our, our friend Paige um posted in the AOD discord a couple weeks ago about like life's all just like pattern recognition, you know, like, and as soon as you, you recognize a pattern, uh, it's, it's impossible to ignore it. 
going forward. Um, yeah. And I think this is kind of one of those situations as well, where like once you start to do the shadow work and heal yourself, you start seeing other people who are healed and the ways that they're healed and the ways that they still hurt and how the work that you did can help them heal their shadow and how the work they did can help you heal yours. I don't know. Like it's, it's really beautiful to when you're starting to surround yourself by other people with, you know, shared beliefs and, and are all on like similar vibrations. Like Mm. just do a lot of like really great work together. Mm -hmm. It's the eternal untangling in my eyes. And I love the concept of everyone is a jewel because I think um, as a part of my gift, I see each one of each, each and every person's jewel and the potential. And I just want to provide a space for them to shine as bright as possible. And I, you know, by healing myself, I can, I can provide a space and safety for someone else to shine and, and not feel scared or threatened or, you know, I, I, I think my, biggest dream in life is to provide a platform for people to to shine and i love i love like the jewel concept with that <clears throat> yeah well that's that's what happens when you heal yourself is um part of the the nature of every jewel having a reflection of every other jewel is that if you scratch one of the jewels it's impossible to tell which jewel has been scratched because oh, wow. in in a way they've they've all you know, got a reflection of that trauma. So by healing your own, you know, metabolizing your own horror, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you've been through. Um, I think that in in Buddhism, after meditation, you sometimes, uh, you know, will like dedicate the merit of your practice to all beings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the Bodhisattva thing. And I think that, um, you know, that's like a, I think that I don't know. Do you guys vibe with Buddhism? Is that like one oh, of your yeah. or what kind of what kind of trauma work are you doing? Oh, <laughs> is where it to start? I, I don't want to. No, uh, that's no. a good question. It just bears some thought. That's all. <laughs> it's it's very much that the you know I, there's many things in this life that I didn't choose. Well, that you know supposedly there's so many concepts of, of that we came here with a storyline that we chose for ourselves kind of thing, or, you know, that I fight that with, with us having free will. And, you know, I, I kind of try to find the balance in between all of it, but it's very much like this, the things that have happened to me happen for me and like finding this, the safety and the peace in that in, in all situations, good and bad, um, or good and, and, you know, per- perceived bad at the time, but, mm-hmm. um, being able to like find that safety in my body, you know, has been the, the secret to all of it. Like there's, you, you can't find safety outside of yourself. There's, that's just, that's something that only you can provide in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think all, all my trauma work comes, if I can, I can bring it all back down to safety and security. Um, but Buddhism has been a huge concept with that and that it's not even like a religion as much as it is a, a, a great framework for living. Yeah. And um being fully incarnated in this body that I'm in now rather than trying to escape it and you know experiencing life as a human being fully all of it the good the ugly the painful the terrifying the yeah. infuriating the the ecstatic the pleasure all of it you know and that's i think where all my work comes down to 
Yeah. I, you know, I had a, I, I had a meeting uh, at my day job the other day and I had like 30 minutes uh, until it was about to start. And I found myself like panicky with anxiety. It's, I guess, maybe part of my bipolar cycles or uh, you could say it's some kind of a rising and passing away slash dark night of the soul <laughs> uh, mm. journey that I, that I cycle through. Um, but it just like really like tingly, like full body, you know, anxiety. And I, I had this thought like, you know, what if I actually don't let this go to waste? And so I like sat down and got quiet and asked my body, like, you know, what, what am I incarnated to learn in this situation? Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and just like, really like took a stick and like prodded at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this? Is it getting bigger? Is it getting smaller? Is it cold? Is it in my ear or my mouth? Mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. You know, like all of that. I think, uh, you know, when you say that Buddhism is like a framework for living, that's the kind of thing I think about is like that, uh, that introspection, which I think marries really well with the idea that we're in a matrix and we're here like a soul school. We're here to learn lessons. Mm -hmm. um, because if you are like zooming in on, on what's going on for you, you, uh, I mean, like, isn't, isn't that what we've pre-agreed to, right? Like, isn't that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's what we're here to do. Yeah. To learn those lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the spiritual path aspect of it, but what about the, uh, you know, the new ideas and the limitless potential aspect of the page of wands? Like I, I know, uh, Tiff, you mentioned that you were like one of the first people, uh, to get, uh, hot alien summer camp. It, the first year it was called the field trip. Uh, mm -hmm. and then alien the second school field trip. Uh -huh. Yeah. And and the second year, it's Hot Alien Summer Camp. Is that, like, going to be the name going forward? Um, yeah. So I think we will have, every summer, we'll have the the summer camp. And then field trips, I think, going forward, will just be, like, meetups that, like, that we okay. want to plan. And just, it'll be a lot less, like, um, formal. formal. Yeah, we're just more, like, we're meeting here at this date, at this time. You know, get your permission slip. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like we're we're looking at a Vegas trip in uh, November to go to see Meow Wolf and just kind of be together and, and oh, wonderful. that kind of thing. So yeah, that'll be a field trip coming up. But um, yeah, that's super on brand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then we're we're hoping to find we're we're in the process of of looking for some land for an in person community for some really you know big projects we've got coming. So um, that's that's our neck. That's our you know our more. Uh, distant outcome at right now, but we're we're really working together with this community to find a space for us to experience this on a whole new level. Yeah, when I, when I think about the the page of wands, I think about like setting out on a journey and like finding that walking stick at the beginning <laughs> of a good hike. You know, yeah. So, yeah. And, and I also think of like every page as a fool. And the full is like every page, but it's just a different journey they're each starting. Mm -hmm. So yeah. like the page of wands for us, you know, that that spiritual or creative path that we're choosing, we all seem to have a, a common agreement among us that we see that becoming a like physical community at some point. Um 
And so, you know, we're looking to find land to create like a retreat center on that that many of us could like work at and live on and kind of create a small community. Wow. Um, Like, are we, are we talking like an intentional community kind of vibe? Like, yeah, very much so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is really exciting. And it's also really daunting. (laughs) Like it's a big project to, to set out on, you know, and, and we're working on a concept right now of having it be kind of a, uh, a center, at least occasionally where people can come like people and their families um, who are like nearing the end of life. Um, this is part of why we were doing the, the death work class today mm-hmm. um, is because we're exploring this idea of opening a place for people who know they're dying, you know, yeah, patients with terminal illness, you know, people who are just older in life and, and on their way out to come with their families and, you know, sit with intention and, you know, work on finding acceptance and, you know, celebrating the beauty of the life the person lived and, Mm. you know, just instilling that, that reminder in them that, you know, this isn't the end, you know, this is, this is the, the end of one thing, but the beginning of something else for them, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's that's where I see our journey going right now. It's something that we're mm-hmm. working towards. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of this hot alien summer camp stuff, which is kind of its own thing, you know. Um, so we've yeah. got all, our hands in a lot of different pots right now. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, talk about limitless potential, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the I I want to explore the intentional community aspect a little bit more. Um, the I mean that's that's sort of the you know, the dream. I, I sometimes joke that uh, it would be great if society could just collapse so that I could like. Yes. Find oh, yeah. We think, I think about it every day, literally yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah. You know, the original plan was for, I mean, this like days after our first meetup with each other, we all were like, oh, we need what do we what do we do with this? Because we want to do this all the time. Um, and it was kind of like, it's almost like a spiritual, like a conscious tourist destination where we are living, mm. we are all living together with intention and, you know, sharing our gifts and offering these things to, to communities and to the outside world to come in and, and experience. And, you know, we could, we could, of course, off, we'd have like a community center that would offer retreats or, you know, you know, all kinds of different, um, you know, we could always we could always offer like a, a hot alien summer camp there too. But like, just having yeah. a place where the you know um, anyone that feels called to it can come and experience that life. You know, we would have, uh, you know, the, we have a there's so many little puzzles pieces to all this community, and there's so many people that are just like stepping into this, and like we want to have a, a full garden and farm where we have mm-hmm. a, a, gar- a farm to table you know restaurant and market on site and. Um, you know, we want to have the community center. We want to have like rental properties for people to come and stay or like work and stay. And, um, you know, including just, just becoming one and living simple with nature again, we want to get back to the basics of living and, yeah. you know, not giving away all of our energy, you know, to, to things that, you know, are calling us commonly here on our 3d lives, but just being together and living consciously and, um, just getting back to the basics. And then after our first death work class, it was like we were handed a wand and like, Oh, here's this thing. Here's this new opportunity. Here's this like gift. You guys, you you know, you guys are really ready for this. And 
like it just like when uh rainbow goth guy is in our discord and uh jonathan he's he is a hospice nurse and does this work every day his death work every day and um you know at the beginning of his class he was like at the end of this i want you all to be on in my death work army my you know death ar- death warrior <laughs> army and i mean in i mean almost instantaneously so many people were just activated by this thing they were like oh mm-hmm. this is it this is the thing that i want to do this feels right and um so i felt like we were handed a, a new opportunity and it just feels feels like it's just at the tip of our fingers yeah what a wonderful follow-up for the most recent episode of uh interviewing aliens <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah, I think his episode just came out like last it Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. It did, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow, wow, there's so much there. Uh, with like, when it comes to all of the logistics of that, like, I think that you know the the big like scary thing when you're talking about living on a commune, which kind of maybe is an appropriate designation for the sort of. Oh no, it totally is. That's yeah, I, I love I love the word <laughs> yeah. commune. I we have embraced it. it. We've yeah. embraced it. Yeah. yeah. Community, commune. It's mm-hmm. it's, not, mm-hmm. it's not something to be scared of. But no. one of the biggest dangers is a cult of personality developing or like, you know, appointing someone the benevolent dictator. I you mentioned like I think Jessa Reed is very unlikely to step into that role with fun and <laughs> yeah. But I admire that like she is such a reluctant guru she i i don't think that she would ever uh encourage anybody (laughs) worship her you know the way that uh some of the other like commune leaders of the past have so how are you thinking about um you know like dividing labor and governing and and uh you know like keeping everyone organized uh without like someone at the top or is there the top who just is no we we've joked about this for a long time but it's just kind of like every day somebody else gets the crown you know it's 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 never it's never a thing it's a completely community-led project there's there is no you know ultimate decision making at at all that's the one thing you know in in planning these meetups and planning these festivals and retreats like it is completely community and volunteer ran and um people bring to the table their energy when they can and they can pop in and out and um, there's no expectation and no obligation at all whatsoever. And, um, you know, that's that's been a huge focus for us is just, you know, allowing people to be who they want to be. And, you know, if they need to step forward or step away, that's perfectly fine. So I think, you know, that this works the best, especially if, you know, if there's you know, somebody that's I mean, I think that there has to be at some point or another, just somebody that's just like encouraging others. But um, they're in no no way expected to to be in charge that's too much you know too much energy for some for one person to hold and if we're all holding each other and we're hand in hand walking into this together it's just much more powerful what much more powerful yeah we also all really subscribe to like the idea of interdependence you know absolutely like the interdependence bill of rights that Jessa Reed at some point like put together and and put online is yeah. like really our building block. You know, yeah. like we're all responsible for ourselves. We're all you know welcome to participate in anything we want to, but we don't have to participate in anything we don't. Right. You know, it's it's all about you know putting in what you want to put in and getting out what you want to get out. Nothing more, nothing less. You right. Know, we're, 
we're not trying to build like I don't know a country. You know, we're just trying to get some people together to live and love and just share joy with anybody who needs that in their life for that moment. You know. Yeah, we've always set our intentions from the beginning to that the people that need us will find us, and the people that we need we will find, and it has it has always worked out. If you as long as you stay open to receiving and open to giving when you can give, it's it's always worked out. Everything we've ever needed has found us, and it's I I am so grateful for that. Yeah, abundance. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's great. I love that. You know the um the attitude that like. I don't know that it's it almost feels uncorruptible to to use the interdependence bill of rights because I have I have read that um, I I think it was she originally uh, put it out on a episode of Mormon in the Meth Head is that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or so uh, yeah more it's either that or I'm soberish but yeah, I posted it in the chat as well if you want to read it oh great yeah thank you yeah uh, yeah that's um. You know, the Interdependence Bill of Rights is something that I've uh, I've struggled with a little bit because, you know, I, I come from, a, you could say, a codependent background, uh, <laughs> which I think Amen. a lot of people do, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would say, um, I don't know, probably like 95% of people in modern society are addicted to something, and mm-hmm. that includes all of the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it is alcohol, which, you know, we do live in a culture that's like, that we've all inherited the alcoholism of like people who were shell-shocked in World War One. you know, that's mm-hmm. just passed down epigenetically for generations and we're still kind of uh, dealing with post-traumatic stress as a culture. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like there's that on the table and then there's, you know, Oxycontin and, you know, whatever other drugs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also cell phones and uh, television and chocolate and just a general attitude that's very antithetical to the, the like sitting with your experience that you were talking about earlier, Tiff, that like that ability to, um, view challenging situations you know which seem bad in the moment but are are you know in some way contributing to your highest good you know everything must be it's it's part of being incarnated in soul schools that like everything brings a lesson that you know you're you're meant to integrate uh or or at least experience through this lifetime and just see you know what it's like to experience that suck um so the attitude of addiction, I think, is like kind of antithetical to that, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, distract. You don't, don't feel the feelings mm-hmm. you know, somewhere else. And what that produces, if, you know, you know anyone who's been to Al-Anon, is kids who uh, feel responsible for managing the emotions of their parents. Absolutely. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. their parents use, and then life becomes chaotic and love is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that like, no matter who you are, like, I think probably 95% of kids are codependent and 95% of adults are addicts, you know what I mean? Of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, the code, uh, the, sorry, the interdependence bill of rights is something that I struggle with because like a, a lot of those rights are like, you know, uh, 
what's a good example of one? It's like, uh, you're responsible for your own experience and Mm -hmm. you don't owe anyone anything and they owe you nothing. And a part of me is like, wow, yeah, this is the antidote to my (laughs) codependence. I can like, (laughs) I can be a self-contained individual with like strong boundaries and I, I can, uh, protect myself from, uh, you know, influences that are corrupted or toxic or, or whatever. But then on the other hand, something I've been exploring lately, and this is like, I'm finally, I think building up to a question (laughs) is like, I've been exploring this idea of, uh, the necessity of compromise in uh, participation in society. So like one of the things I really admire about the Interdependence Bill of Rights is it's, um, I guess, like uh, valorization of Mm self-reliance and and kind of like a, a strong sense of self and, you know, lack of like, uh, projection on others and and need for like other people to be okay in order for you to feel okay. So that's yes. like that's a good yeah. thing. But at the same time, uh, we live in a society where uh, I guess unless you're in an intentional community filled with aliens, you're <laughs> required to uh, to compromise with with yeah. people who don't share your values around you know shadow work or or trauma healing or you know in order to interact with my boss or, you know, other sleeping people, you could say, although that sounds kind of like us, them othering. Yeah. Right. right. But like, I, that's the point. We are all part of the net of Indra and to, to enter into the social contract of civilization is to say like, I've got to kind of accept some elements that are less than satisfactory and less than perfect about the people around me. And in some ways I am responsible for managing my own behavior in such a way that I, uh, you know, take care or, 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 you know, provide empathy or, or, you know, whatever. So uh, uh, am I like, Am I, I guess here's the question. It's like, am I, uh, am I barking up the wrong tree? Like, how do you, how do you balance when you're talking about interdependence? How do you balance the desire to be like co-regulating with the desire to be, uh, atomized and like your, your own, you know, unique self? I think finding authenticity is the is the is the perfect um, description here, and and recognizing people as whole people that are writing their own story at all times, and you know, uh, not trying to rewrite it for them, or, or you're just accepting people for themselves, and and hoping that people can accept you for yourselves. But you, I think, by being authentic to yourself, you can hold up a mirror to other people that you know, and allow them to have the safe space to be authentically themselves. But um, interdependence kind of plays in here as just like, I'm responsible for my whole, my own experience and you are responsible for yours. And, you know, my experience doesn't have to be yours. Homogeny is not the goal. It's definitely just finding and loving yourself 
and allowing people to find and love themselves in, in whichever way that they want and, and holding the safe space for each other without having to, to change anything about you or about them, them. you know, it's just that's the interdependence in that. Yeah, the thing I really like about the interdependence of light rates blah, blah, in uh, regards <laughs> to the question here um, is what it does is it asks you to step back and reflect on, okay, if I wasn't in a society, if I wasn't, you know, if I didn't have all these, you know, social constructs and obligations that I feel the need to adhere to, would I then have everything within me to be happy? You know, and why Ooh. does adding those extra bits of, you know, detail detract from that, you know? Uh, why does living in a society or the social constructs say of, um, you know, I'll read one of the, the lines in the Bill of Rights. It says, I have uh, the right to a life free of guilt and obligation. Mm. And I read that line to my other podcast mate, uh, mates um, on another podcast that I host called The Panda Pod. And uh, we discussed it a bit. And they said, well, that sounds really hard. Like, it sounds great in theory. And yeah. impossible in practice, you know. <laughs> um, but the next one that follows that up really kind of think I think clarifies it, which is I do not have the right to use guilt and obligation to impose my will on others. Mm. You know, so it's the idea that you know if I'm feeling guilt and obligation from someone else, I need to be able to separate myself from that and say, you know that's that's their reality that is their subjective experience in this life my experience isn't matching that you know how can we work this out and come to an understanding between us so that you know you're not putting those obligations on me and i'm not feeling like i have to you know do something or be a part of something that doesn't register with you know my higher good but yeah yeah a hundred percent however uh <laughs> we are obligated to each other aren't we like it uh, i mean if you're in uh a marriage i i think uh i well i don't want to share any personal details about you that weren't you know that you shared off mic um but if you are like uh in a marriage, if you're in, a, you know, a, a sibling relationship or a work relationship, uh, you do have obligations. You're, you have responsibilities and commitments to uphold, right? Or how does that square? Hmm. You know, I mean, I think definitely... it's a choice every day. It's a choice. Yeah. It's I feel like you come together as two whole people or three whole people or 25 whole people. And it's okay to, to need each other. It's okay to have each other. It's okay to be with each other. That's not, it's not, it's not a solo game. We were born on this earth needing human experience and human uh, connection. We're born to need that. And that's our deepest instinct. And the, the farther we get from that into ourselves, which I think is a necessary part of this journey is just finding yourselves outside of other people. Um, 
and then and then being able to come together as whole individuals and acknowledging the wholeness and acknowledging each other and being able to hold space for each other's growth and each other's bullshit pardon my language and to be able to to like accept people wholly together i think is is the the you know I think separating the obligation from a bad, from a bad thing, separating commitment from mm-hmm. being a bad thing. It's a choice that you make every day, every single moment you make that choice mm-hmm. and you don't have to, but if you feel the obligation and take, take away again, the negative connotation of that, it's a choice that you make that you want to be there with that person at that time. You want to hold space for their bullshit. You want to, to grow and learn and experience and hurt and cry and feel and love. I think love is the connective tissue of all of it. Work. I know that sounds love and light, but that's, that's very, <laughs> it is. It's the underlying fabric to everything. If you yes. can unconditionally love something, there's no attachment and obligation and commitment. There's just desire. Right. You get rid of that guilt and obligation and yeah. you replace it with a desire to do yeah. the thing and yeah. a like a commitment and like a loving energy exchange instead yes. of an obligation. Yeah. Wow. wow. And, you know, it's, I, I think about it as the same way I would think about like uh, a bill that I get in the mail. You know, I have the, you know, social construct of an obligation to pay that bill. And if I pay it, it'll go off of my credit report or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I don't actually have a moral obligation to pay that bill. Yeah. You know, that is right. strictly a social construct to do that. And it's the same thing that we impose on others as well. You know, just because you expect something of me, it doesn't mean it's actually my responsibility to do it. But because I love you and I care about you, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, that I mean, like, that's the whole thing. It's like, uh, it's really just a matter of reframing things that you are beating yourself up with. <laughs> like, you know, uh, if a responsibility feels like an obligation, it's really just you like, uh, like, uh, what is the word for this? It's, it's like, it's a decision mm-hmm. to view something as outside of your control. Right. Uh, that can be reframed as, you know, and in the process saying like, oh, I'm so weak and I, 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 all my problems are the fault of other people and, you know, whatever. Uh, but the very same, you know, commitment to someone can be reframed in your head and, uh, and like acted on in, in a more loving way of like, well, no, I choose to do this because if I do, then I get the pleasure of this person's company and I get the, you know, the, the, like you said, oh God, that was so beautiful. The ups and the downs and the, you know, the lefts and rights, I suppose. But the the whole, you know, human incarnation experience that I was meant to have, uh, it it, you know, if I feel obligated to be loyal to someone, uh, it's because, you know, or a better way to phrase that is like, I choose to be loyal to someone because the benefits outweigh, you know, whatever else. Yeah. I view like trauma as, especially like generational and ancestral trauma, like that a lot of us experience on this journey um, of healing as like every generation or every 
trauma is like adding a train car to a speeding train. And when you come into this healing journey, you're trying to stop a speeding train. And that's a, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of, of energy. But every time that you're, you're experiencing pain of your own, you're experiencing the pain of everyone before you, every you before you. And you, when you're able to like see it and heal it, you're healing so many timelines. And like the beauty of doing it with other like-minded people is like that you you're you're healing each other and so many timelines and so many generations together, and you don't you're not alone anymore. You don't have to do it alone anymore. And it's just absolutely incredible to to witness and be a part of and heal together. And um, so the good and the bad of it. I mean, the the good is just like forever expanding the love is just so expansive and transformative and the pain is necessary to heal every to heal so many things it's it seems so big and heavy at the time especially when you're coming at it from a a, a conscious standpoint um Mm. where you can see all the the connections to it and and it's 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 so big and heavy because it's not just for that little moment. Like it may seem like, why am I so upset about this silly thing that like, why am I, why am I like broken because of the silly thing? And then you can move through it. Um, especially when you can do it together and it's just like, you know, having a witness and having someone with you to go through that is just so powerful. You asked us towards the beginning of the podcast, like what we're working on right now personally. And mm. Like I've been thinking about it this whole time, trying to think like how to put into words what I wanted to say, and I think, yeah, just pulling in some concepts here. This is this is all a little scattered in my brain right now. I'm going to try to bring it together though. Um, you had mentioned how you know you found that you needed to find a way to turn your anxiety, like that energy from the anxiety into to something else, you know, and I think about how turning the idea of guilt and obligation into you know these other concepts even like joy and celebration and you know uplifting others that kind of thing and i feel like the thing that i'm working on right now that i'm really trying to like get a good grasp on is the ability to like alchemize mm. these like negative things and turn them into these positive things yeah like that's a, a big thing that I'm thinking about right now. Like I've, in particular, I've been thinking about in my life, like I feel like the universe is just constantly throwing these opportunities to me to forgive people um, for like just little things, big things, you know, really they're all the same things when you get down to it. But, um, mm. and you know, I've, I've been thinking about how, okay, you know, I, I'm finding that I'm, I don't understand why, but I'm having to forgive people a lot lately. You know, what lesson am I supposed to be learning from that? You know, and that's, and that's trying to turn this, you know, negative feeling into a positive learning experience, you know, and, and like we said at the very beginning, you know, we are all here to learn these things. And I feel like the, the alchemy is a big part of that. You know, the, the transmuting of these like nervous, anxious energies into, you know, productive and expansive energies is the a big key thing. Yes. Yeah. I'm. It's funny you say that and that we're both named Jeff. Uh, <laughs> although I spell it the wrong way. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I've been incredibly obsessed with uh, alchemy uh, 
maybe not like in the traditional sense of like trying to create the philosopher's stone, but I guess that was all just coded language anyway to describe right, yeah. like the, the journey of, of self-actualization. Um, but when I like try to read alchemical texts, you know, I, I just don't have the, uh, the Rosetta stone for it or something. I, I, I am actually like one of the servers I belong to is uh, hermetic and there's an alchemy channel and people are in there like all the time talking about like, if I do turn lead into gold, then am I allowed to tell people about it? And they're like having these like coded conversations. It's really fun. But uh, alchemy in my life, I mean, I've, I've got like shadow work rituals that I've developed um, that are like, and and we're reading right now in the Creek Mason Discord, we're in a, a shadow work book club uh, that we're doing like five books. We're on the third one, which is a, a book by Jung. And, uh, and so we're talking a lot about this concept of finding elements of yourself that are like so shameful and repressed that you barely even are able to acknowledge that they're a part of you. And then, uh, you know, like in reality that those elements are part of the, the whole collective unconscious of the net of Indra and there's sort of like a mutual well of shadow that I think that we all pull from. And when you alchemize your little bit of it and turn, you know, that lead into gold, uh, it's sort of like uh, um, organisms, you know, digestive tract, like breaking down a bit of food. The, it's, the shadow is something that we've all swallowed as a, as a civilization. And when we like, metabolize a small piece of it eventually you know hopefully there is uh some kind of uh i guess acceptance of the shadow that you know acknowledges that it's still there and pain still exists but um doesn't act on it in a in a way that's like overblown uh because you know when you're when you're ignoring something it's much easier for it to sneak up on you you know like when i'm when I'm pretending that I'm not an angry person, uh, I'm I find myself much more likely to like snap at people, you know, mm-hmm. than when I love. I have anger as a part of me, and you know, I can use it in healthy ways or or in effective times. Wow, that's that resonates so deeply. Like I've been working on my own anger for the last year because I feared it for so long. I feared of mm. like it, 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 I've seen its potential. I've seen it at its you know largest most expansive point and I feared it and I ran from it until it ate me alive and when I finally could look at it and embrace it and tell it thank you for what it's you know it's protected me from for years but uh you know but we we can do it differently now and now I see anger as like a clarity tool if I feel I I went through this phase at the beginning of the healing process where I, any feeling that would come up because I I was so used to rationalizing everything with my freaking brain machine and I would just go oh I'm having a feeling you know any type of feeling and I would I just had papers everywhere I would just just I would grab like the nearest anything I could write on and just write about it and write it out and get to the like source of it power and like when I when I could see my anger and see what it was trying to show me I could it was like it's like a it, it provides such clarity. If I feel anger come up, I can see things so much more clearly and I can go, okay, 
all right, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what we can do with this. Let's go. Like, and then I can strategize and move forward. But instead of just like allowing it to just engulf me, which I was always afraid of and like played with for a little while, I can use it as a tool and a resource, just like any of our other emotions that our body is capable of. Hell yes. <laughs> what, what powerful exercise to just yeah. like journal every emotion. I mean, like, wow, that's, that's an aspirational thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's so, a it's a tangled up mess in there. And if you can get in and and yeah. you know, untangle it a little bit, you can see it for see it for what it is and then transmute it. Love that. Yeah. And writing, I mean, like turning something into like concrete words on a page makes it so much more manageable. That, mm-hmm, you, know, mm-hmm. that you can understand it and through that have like, I guess, some sort of uh control over it or or, or you know, like full grasp of awareness it. yeah for sure yeah right so we've been going for about an hour this has been <laughs> i could do this all day this is wonderful <laughs> no i at some point i'm gonna have to have like the rogan i, I don't love rogan personally but the the like eight hour podcast is something oh yeah <laughs> marathon yes, yes. Uh, please but, do I, I want to close with, uh, you know, like returning to the page of wands and this idea of like limitless potential and inspiration and discovery. Uh, either either one of you or both of you, I would love to hear a story about uh, like community organizing, whether it's like Hottie Lee and summer camp or the original field trip or the idea of like the intentional community. I'd love to hear like a miracle story. Like, I and I know oh. you have of like yeah. a, a synchronicity that was too bizarre to explain or um you where know where do we start <laughs> oh I, yeah i think i can start this so, one uh, yeah. so i don't know where, where to start okay so um <laughs> manifestations and synchronicities for me um the first one that comes to mind is that you know we, we were raising money for this year's events and we decided to run a auction um, and alongside that auction, we were running um, a live stream on Twitch mm. uh, just to, you know, generate some interest and, you know, get people over to the auction and and also just goof around on Twitch with friends for several hours. You know, it's always a good time. Um, but the whole time we were doing it, I was like, I just had this feeling I, I couldn't stop beating myself up about the idea that, you know, we weren't going to hit our goal, you know, and the the Twitch thing was a real waste of time. And like... <laughs> Like part of doing the Twitch thing was I was streaming from my PC at the time and like something about streaming that day, like fried my video card and it was just like, oh, you know, this is all, you know, just a mess. But the event ends and the timer runs out and we literally like exactly hit what we needed. Oh, yeah. To the do- like, as- yeah, to the dollar. Like, to yeah. the dollar. And <laughs> we get to camp this year and um, one of the attendees uh, tells me that the only reason they were at camp is because they turned into Twitch that day and they saw us and decided to join the discord and became involved and decided they wanted to attend. And, and, you know, that was just like a manifestation there for me. It was like, wow. Okay. You know, they, I th- they were probably the only person to tune in and watch that Twitch stream, but <laughs> who cares? Because it got to them and yeah. they made it and they had a great time and it was transformative for them and it was mm-hmm. all worth it you know yeah yeah that's one of my favorite stories I mean I have a I have a list I'm like let me just pick one out that's my like my favorite um 
you know, and each time that we've, we've manifested or brought in miracles or whatever you want to call it, or just made, you know, made, made our own reality is it's, we had to push past a, a point of discomfort. There's always a point of discomfort and, and it, you know, that you can't manifest from a place of discomfort. You can't manifest from a place of fear and a place of dis- disparity. And, um, you know, th- there's been <laughs> lots of blood, sweat and tears in planning this community. And every time, you know, I think my role in this is going, Hey guys, let's, let's hold the vision here. Let's all just take a moment and breathe and picture ourselves there and what it feels like and what it looks like. And, and then let's just keep open to receiving the thing that we need. And then within like every single time within days, the thing that we needed was just gifted to us. And, and, you know, releasing the expectation of said, you know, thing that we needed, we just were like, okay, open palm. If it comes to us, it comes. If it's not, then it's not meant for us kind of thing. But like, um, even, even to the like location that we chose for our home for this, this event is a starstruck farm in Lebanon, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Mm. We had originally for the first meetup, uh, had originally booked a location in Lebanon that ended up closing their doors on us. And, um, (laughs) they've, they had to close randomly for, for, for financial reasons. And we were like, Oh shit, you know, like, Oh, we have all these tickets sold. Like, Oh oh my God, like, what do we do? And everyone's like panicking. And I was like, all right, everybody just keep calm. This is for us. This is meant for us. This is okay. We will find another location. And within a few days, this, this um, space that we had reached out to called us and they were like, so really the only reason why we called you back was because what's with the aliens and <laughs> we were like well you know it's, it's kind of a thing you know like you know we we are a spiritual group that's kind of open to all concepts but it comes from whatever i kind of explained the whole alien thing and he was like well you know i've had some alien experiences myself and oh, on, yeah. pro- on property actually. wow and he was like you know he was talking to us about having a documentary come out uh, or people that make documentaries come out and do a documentary of us doing CE5 and oh. you know all these incredible things and we get to camp and the first night we do CE5 and we have insane I mean insane experiences CE5 meditation is is an intentional meditation to connect with you know highly highly evolved beings or you know what you know whatever you want to to call them or feel them yeah. as but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, there were like 70, 60, 70 people out at this bonfire this first night, just in absolute awe of this unexplainable experience we were all having together, just staring at the skies and feeling this energy and watching this insanity happen in the skies. And um, and then, it, you know, it comes out later, you know, that the event planner has been, you know, um you know secretly in her own world woo for her entire life she has you know she does she does death work in her own life daily Mm. Uh, she had a near-death experience and I was like soon as she said that I was like I know where this is going you know (laughs) and she she works uh she works with helping spirit pass and she's never told anyone that for 40 years and I was like well this is the group you know that this was place was so meant to be I mean just every single thing just kind of fell into place so perfectly um and every single person that has helped in this process has fallen in, has fallen into our laps so perfectly. And like, it's like, we've done this a million different times in a million different universes. We're, we're just, it's every single person that's been a part of this is just 
so close to my heart and so close to my soul. And I'm, yeah, it's just, it's a miracle. All of it, every single step of it. Fuck yeah. Tiffany, (laughs) Jeff, aliens uh, who may be listening. (laughs) This has been such a joy. What a, what a wonderful way to start my weekend. Mm. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for, I mean, you like helped me work through some stuff. Oh, it's actually almost like tearing up at that at that last bit about, I mean, just the the way things fall into place mm-hmm. uh, on the right track. That's it gives me those, chills absolutely. I and, and I can't know, wait to look forward to our Creek Masons uh, partnership. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> please, please, please! A hot alien Creek Masons or uh, people? Do you do you have anything that you want to uh, plug or? Does, are there websites? Where can people find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find uh, our podcast, Interviewing Aliens, at interviewingaliens.com. Um, you can find a link to our Discord server um, there as well, I believe. Uh, and please come join us. Um, it's you know not linked to a Patreon or anything like that. It's, it's free. Anybody can come and join. Um, and we have hotaliensummercamp.com as well if you're interested in attending any of our events. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a definitely a definitely links to our discords in, in that space. Um, but uh, yeah, come check us out. Yeah, for sure. I will absolutely uh, put those links up on creekmasons.substack.com, probably at creekmasons.com too until that site uh, gets shuttered. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm uh, refusing the obligation of paying my bills. Amen. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I support uh, you fully. Thank you. Thank you again. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to. D- I just joined your Discord. I can't wait to dive in more. Yeah. I uh, rarely encountered people who I feel so aligned with. This is, yeah. this is. This is such a delight. Thank you. I look forward to our growing partnership. Thank you for having us on and being so welcoming. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And we can't wait to have you on interviewing. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. I, I can't wait for that either. I'll, I'll talk to you then. <laughs>